Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga. With player picks as trendy as bottom corner penalty saves, fancy advice as mind-blowing as a Josh Sargent stunner from 30 yards, and two pundits as enjoyable as a brace scored by a centre-back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 19. And joining me, as always, the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo Reinecke. Flo, how have you recovered from the unlimited transfer window? Uh, all in all, I'm quite satisfied with uh, uh, decisions I, I did, I, I have to say. So I'm I'm happy with my team, came away with 151 points, which is like, okay, could have been much bigger because uh, I went with a pairing of Ortega and Müller and they're not playing at the same time the next five matches, but they did play on the same time last weekend. Yeah, we know what happened. Müller did pick up 22 points, and of course Ortega was in my starting lineup. So that was a 21-point swing, but uh, yeah. Uh, all in all, I've, I've felt pretty good with the decisions I make, and I, I think we'll we'll talk about that later, that sometimes like this was a, a great example uh, to see that sometimes the, the process is more important than the result. Uh, for instance, with the player with Nicolas Gonzalez, still think he was one of the best picks you could have done last weekend. Had nine shots at goal. Uh, could have been a huge day for him with a price tag under 10 million. And it's just because like he, he missed his first penalty ever in the Bundesliga. That's just something that, that happens from time to time still. I feel great about picking him uh, over a guy like Haaland, for instance. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we certainly had slightly different experiences, Flo. You were certainly uh, better off. I, I had some some bad ones. You talked me off the ledge with Danny Olmo, and I actually went from Kunku instead. That maybe wasn't the best decisions, but I knew that was a gamble anyway. And yeah, I did end up not picking Moray, Kostic, and Haaland uh, over the other three. But hey, I mean, that is just the way things go. I mean, Haaland, it kind of makes you pay for abandoning him. Then you had Andre Silva and Adi Hutter that were bluffing us to the core, and then he continued scoring well. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, penalty saves were all the rage but let's crack on with some listener questions and turn our focus to match day 19 which I'm hoping is going to be a little more productive for myself we'll start with a question from at j.querot who says who's your favorite Cramrich replacement flow Haaland, Vaghor, Silva or someone else who are you looking at? I'm going with Haaland so that was my plan going into the match day I went with Cramrich and then with the intention of swapping Cramrich for Haaland for this match day and that's what I'll probably do, although I think Silva can give Haaland uh, a run for his money. And uh, I also think if you don't have Gonzalez, him playing on a Friday evening game at home against Mainz uh, is like, I'm, I'm not sure who I would pick, Haaland or Gonzalez. So Gonzalez definitely one to consider if he's not already in your team. But let me ask you this as well, because I think, you know, J. Quarrel may be in this position, I don't know, but... If you've already got Gonzalez and Lewandowski, are you still going Haaland over someone that gives you a bit more flexibility in that third chance at a star man in your striker role? Because I, I had a look at that myself and genuinely the only real option that I'd be safely you know, backing would probably be Wout Weghorst when he takes on Freiburg on Sunday night. But otherwise, it's very tough. And I did think, you know, when it comes to Haaland and Lewandowski playing at the same time, it, it's not the worst case scenario, but you do lose a bit of flexibility. Yeah, you do, but um, I'm all right if, like, if I'm have Gonzalez, 
in my mind, I probably won't change the star man after Friday evening. Yeah, provided he doesn't uh, miss another it's penalty. It's my <laughs> expectation because I, I think he'll he'll have a pretty good game. And if he is having not the best game, I think uh, Lewandowski is so safe in the po- uh, amounts of points, usually just because of the amounts of shots that Bayern gets off, that I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think it could be a mistake. Um Vejo's definitely the only one from the later kick of times who I would even consider. I, I think Freiburg has been a tough nut to crack lately. Streich has a very good record against Wolfsburg. He hasn't like uh he, he won three times at Wolfsburg already, and that's the most of any um uh, city uh, that he that he won at since he's uh took the reins at, at Freiburg. So I I, I would feel not as comfortable with Vechos with, than with other guys. So Yeah, that's I, I agree. I think it's almost a lesser of two evils. Vechos may not guarantee you points, but you sacrifice flexibility for it. Um, I would agree with that. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Majesco, first part of his question flow, he's asking for the best defender for the coming two to three match days. He says no budget involved. I assume that means it's an unlimited transfer as opposed to the fact that he's got nothing to work with. <laughs> yeah, I I think if you uh, didn't go for Guerrero, uh, I think this might be now a good time uh, to go for him because uh, Dortmund's schedule is definitely lightened up a bit uh, in the coming weeks. So uh, I think he's he's the blue chip, I would think about. Uh, and then, uh, James, you, you told me that you're now able to play some music on the part. Maybe this would be... Yes. Yes. Uh, Felix Agu, still a good pick. Our season's still out. I'm not sure, like, how soon we can expect the sweet back. And as long uh, as he's out, uh, Agu is one of... The best picks, they're playing now against Schalke and then uh, at Bielefeld. So two good games in a row. And I wouldn't necessarily look farther ahead than like two games. So much can change um, uh, with his cheaper guys. Uh, Borna Sosa, if he's back in the lineup, definitely a guy I would look at. um, Even though they play at Leverkusen next week. Um, but apart from that, the next five games, they have Mainz, Hertha, Cologne and Schalke in it. So it's a pretty good run of, of games for, for Stuttgart. And uh, one thing, uh, one guy to mention is our old friend, Danny Da Costa, who's now playing for Frankfurt. For Mainz, you mean? Um, they made the transfer on Friday and he was in the starting 11 on Saturday. I, I was really surprised by that. And uh, they they beat Leipzig. He had a good performance. 8.8 million is his price tag. Mainz fixtures are looking all right playing at Stuttgart. And then against Union, I think it's, it's decent enough that uh, you can try your luck with uh, Danny Da Costa, who we know can have big fantasy games. Yeah, I have to say, it was really nice to see him kind of 
reclaim his form a little bit with Mainz. Daniel de Costa, the only one I'd throw out there that isn't worth considering this weekend because he is suspended, but that's Christopher Trimmel. He's a name that comes up a lot. Suspended this weekend against Gladbach, but he's got Mainz and Schalke in the games that follow. So that's maybe just something to bear in mind if you want to have a bit of foreplanning. But ultimately, Flo has covered a lot of the bases there and yeah, Felix Agoo. And I'd say maybe let's throw out Eric Durham as well because yeah, I think of course, Frankfurt, of Frankfurt have yeah. some very good fixtures and they yeah. both around about the same same price range. Yeah, and I forgot about Durham. Uh, I think most... Uh, people probably have at least one World Cup winner <laughs> in their squad, and that's probably Eric Dorm. So that's the reason that I almost uh, f- forgot to mention him. But yeah, of course, he's one of the best uh, budget defenders. Although I have to say, like, he came off, I think the last two games he played, he came off after like 65 minutes or s- something like that. That's definitely something I don't like. I, uh, I did call Adi Hütter about that and. Uh, I hope he listens to my advice to keep Dom on the pitch. I'm, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Who wouldn't listen to the fantasy football got that is Flo Reinecker? Absolutely. Um, the second part of yeah. Maciejko's question is about Jaden Sancho, and he's asking: Is he essential considering Dortmund's poor form of late? I mean, he did still have an outstanding game at Gladbach. Gave two assists. The one of these two were just amazing for me. Like. I decided going into the match day that I'm I'm going to go with Sancho because you can't overhaul your whole squad after one match day. And even if like the price considered, I wasn't in love with Sancho for the game at Gladbach. But um, now with the schedule lighting up a bit and Sancho really being involved in shots lately for Dortmund, I felt that he he's still a pretty good pick and that proved to be the right decision. And I, I think you you should, uh, if you're able, you should have him in your squad. Yeah, I would agree with it. I think it's one of those, it's a bandwagon worth jumping on, definitely. Final question from our listeners, and I will apologize as well. I put out the listener question or request for listener questions very, very late today. Admittedly, today has not gone to plan on many, many fronts due to another project that I'm involved in, but uh, yeah, I hope you can forgive that. So the final listener question is from at Gerald Yu, who has a question for you, Flo, he asks... Felix Agu and Lars Stindl, or Matteo Morey and Philip Kostic. He says, assuming I already have Eunice, he asks, otherwise, are Hoffman and Kunku better midfield options than the two he mentioned? Definitely go with Morey and Kostic. I'm, I think that the Gladbach maybe has a hard time uh, at Union, or at least a harder time than Frankfurt. Although they play against Hertha with Pal Dardai back on the coaching bench, that might lead to a closer game than anticipated but still my money is more on Frankfurt performing uh, than on Gladbach performing so uh, but uh, I think both options are viable and I personally would go Hofmann over Stindl um, just because I think long term he's going to uh, get more minutes than Stindl who will get rested because he's north of 30 already and that's what most coaches do. No, very true. No, definitely. Um, just a note on Philip Kostic. He's produced one goal and three assists in these three matches since Luka Jovic has returned to Frankfurt. So he has certainly found his form. Uh, and I think he can be considered uh, one of the definitely premium options you can go to in midfield given Frankfurt's run of fixtures. Okay, we'll leave it there for part one. Join us again in part two, where we will be breaking down the fixture list. 
Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Time to get our teeth stuck into the fixture list. And we'll start with the Friday night game, Stuttgart against Mainz. We talked about Nicolas Gonzalez. Uh, he scored two in his last three league games and has actually got six for the campaign, which is triple the amount he scored in his only previous season when he got two goals in 30 matches. However, he does have a rival that we may need to talk about, Silas Wamangatuka. He is actually the most productive player in Stuttgart's ranks in front of goals with 10 goals to his name and three assists. So Flo, is this a debate that we need to have? Because anyone that maybe didn't bring in Gonzalez like we both did last week might be looking at Silas as a wonderful differential. You could go there, but I still, like, I personally still prefer the player who's playing up front and that's Gonzalez. And of course, we've seen Vamangituka playing really, really efficient. Um, but Gonzalez is the guy who gets all the shots and uh, he also gives passes to a shot and he does it all. So I, I still like uh, Gonzalez more. And of course, Baman Gituka uh, does have more goals, but I st- uh, think he has more caps as well. I still lean pretty heavily on the Gonzalez side. I think the odds of him outscoring Vamangituka maybe 70-30, that's... That's around where I would put it. Yeah, that's it. I, I would agree with you. I think Gonzalez, yeah, most most games will score more than Silas. I think yeah. that Silas might just be one that peaks peaks the appeal if anyone's looking for a one and done. And I don't, I don't think you'd be going wrong, but I thought that's why it's important for us to bring this up when we're talking about the Friday night game. Yeah. If we look into the stats, so uh, Gonzalez had seven shots. I said nine shots. Uh, he had nine. Uh, he was involved in nine shots, had seven, and gave the pass to two other shots and Bamangituka was involved in four shots. So it's more than double the amount. He just happened to score the goal, which is not chance by Bamangituka, but we know that Gonzalez can also score. So um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a reason to go for uh, Bamangituka over Gonzalez. Gonzalez probably is still differential enough, I guess, with the, with a light, like, Many people have Lewandowski, Haaland, and then the question is, who's that third striker? And maybe there's a Silva or a Wechhorst or a, a, a Thomas Müller even from Bayern. So I think I, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to go with Bamangituka. No, I, I definitely agree with you. I think it would be different if maybe Nicolas Gonzalez was worth 13 million and Silas was only 9.3. But considering the fact that Gonzalez is only 10 million, there's 0.7 million between them. You yeah. might as well plump for Gonzalez there because, yes, Wamangatuka outscored him last weekend, but that wouldn't have been the case had he converted the penalty and had Florian Muller. Or not. even if there wouldn't have been any penalty at all because he, oh, yeah, he did pick up minus points. So yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. Without the penalty, he would probably have outscored Bamangituka as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he'd have outscored Haaland and Lewandowski and Kramerich as well, if I'm not mistaken. But hey, that's just a debate for another day. I mean, the question here, Flo, is with, with Stuttgart against Mainz, is there maybe a risk of over-investing in Stuttgart? Because Mainz were very good value for their performance against Leipzig, gave everyone something to think about. So this may not be the foregone conclusion, especially when you consider the fact that Stuttgart's home form isn't the greatest either this season. So is that a potential trap this weekend? Yeah, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Stuttgart will win this game. But with Stuttgart games, there has been a lot of attacking output uh, usually, and that's what like that's enough for me. If they if they uh, draw to all, but Gonzalez uh, scores two goals, Sosa gives an assist, I'm, I'm like that's enough for me. 
But uh, you definitely can look on the other side of the ball. We already mentioned Danny Da Costa, so he he's a guy to look at. If you're looking down his stats in-game, um, you probably uh, are a bit irritated because uh, in the fantasy game, he was still counted as a Frankfurt player last week, and that's why he did pick up a zero. But he gave an assist um, last week. He had two passes to a shot. Oh, won, I think, more than 10 challenges, around 10 challenges. So he would have had a, a, a pretty pretty nice fantasy game uh, against Leipzig. So he's definitely something to keep in mind. But if Sosa plays, Sosa is cheaper than Da Costa. I still like Sosa more than Da Costa. Um, but I don't think it's a mistake to have them both, or if you don't have Sosa, to go with Da Costa to be more differential, because Mainz is playing at home against Union next week, and Union is a bit dipping in form, uh, I guess you could say that, and Stuttgart is traveling to Leverkusen, so maybe it's not the worst idea to 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 spread it a bit out uh, with your Stuttgart and Mainz uh, involvement. Yeah, that's it. I think I've got Sosa and Gonzalez. I'll probably leave it there. There's no need to bring in a midfielder just to have a potential star man on Friday night. I think I might prioritize my transfers elsewhere. But I wanted to ask that question because I thought it was important because, yeah, as I say, they were good value for that win over Leipzig and as a result should be considered a little bit more. Um, and there could be some differentials in there if you really fancy the risk. But I, I think Stuttgart's probably the way to go. Um, let's move on to the next game, Bayern against Hoffenheim, the Saturday 3 30 fixtures. Uh, now, Bayern have only lost four of their 43 Bundesliga matches under Hansi Flick, twice against Borussia Mönchengladbach, once against Leverkusen, and of course, once against Hoffenheim. Who's your player pick from this game, Flo? I'm going with Joshua Kimmich, 17.9 million. I reluctantly brought Kimmich in last week because I, I wanted to have a Bayern midfielder for the game at Schalke, and I just didn't feel safe enough with Sané. Luckily, I didn't feel safe enough because Kimmich had a massive game. I think 31 points, um, biggest score on the weekend, gave the assist to three goals. And I mean, we got Kimmich down as like a holding midfielder, but that's not what he's doing. Like he's playing so like he he's getting into the box a lot. And uh, showing up at, at really attacking uh, spaces all the time. So uh, I have to change my opinion on Kimmich being just more like a safe option with no real ceiling. But like he, he's getting, I think he, he got the taste of what it is like being more attacking minded midfielder. And that's what we're seeing with him right now. So uh, I don't think there's a need to go um, with the other guys uh, like Goretzka or Zane. Uh, Zane definitely has the potential to outscore Kimmich, but not by a lot. And Kimmich is just so much more safe uh, that he's going to play uh, than Zane that I prefer Kimmich. Oh yeah, there's there's so much upside to Yosu Kimmich. I mean, the fact that he takes pretty much every corner as well already is a pretty good baseline for fantasy owners. And yeah, yeah I brought him in at the start of 2021. And I'll be honest, I, I don't have any intention of taking him out because even if there are games, I think we've already had one this new year where I think he only picked up six or eight points. But that for me is his flaw. Um, and that's that's a pretty good flaw mm. to have uh, as a fantasy owner. Even and, and I mean, they don't have um, a midweek fixture, uh, Bayern next week. Because it's the cup 
during next week. And we know we know that Finn Bartles just couldn't have Bayern in the cup anymore. This is odd. I don't I don't have the clip. I don't have the clip of Klopp talking about a Bayern loss, uh, but I do have this one. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just just for a bit of fun. Uh, yeah, no, it's one of those, right? Um, you're right, but that's the factor to take into consideration with your buy-in assets, uh, that the fact is they won't be as big of a rotation risk uh, next week. Should we move on to their big rivals, or I should say not really their big rivals, because their title bid is, is collapsing around them, um, and that is Borussia Dortmund. They're taking on Augsburg this weekend. Uh, Erling Haaland is someone that we've mentioned. He scored 27 goals in 28 Bundesliga matches, a tally that started with that infamous 20-minute hat-trick off the bench against Augsburg. Meanwhile, Sancho, he has been directly involved in six goals in Dortmund's last five matches. Two goals scored, four assisted. Flo, who's your player pick from this one? Uh, So we already talked about Sancho and Haaland. Uh, Still like Sancho over Haaland, but I probably will have both in my squad. And I think one of the best values on the match day is Matteo Morai, uh, 2.2 million right back. Munier is out. Uh, he, he won't play, so I guess he, he'll he play again. I didn't go with him last week because I thought like, it's one and done. And I already had two Hoffenheim players who I w- uh, wanted to sell uh, after the match day with Baumgartner and Kramaric. And that was my reasoning for not bringing in Morey. But now he's getting at least this game again. And for the price tag, I think his potential is, is pretty good. Although he did pick up minus one point last week at Gladbach. But uh, it's a whole different game against Augsburg. Yeah, I was going to say, he wouldn't, have been, he wouldn't have been in the minus without the four goals conceded, would he? <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't mind doubling up here with Morey and Guerrero. I think it's totally fine. Oh, I think, yeah, definitely. I think there are worse avenues you can go this weekend, no doubt about it. A bit of relief in your back line, not that you may need it given the low-priced options that are there already. Let's maybe talk about another one of them moving on to our next game, Bremen against Schalke. Now, Werder have won seven of their last ten Bundesliga matches against Schalke, including the previous two. Schalke have the worst away record in the league flow, and I thought you might enjoy this as well. Josh Sargent, neat turn, goes for the shot. Oh, Josh Sargent! Is he a player pick by any chance, Flo? No, he is not. Oh, but <laughs> I, I wanted, like, I, I let it slide that you said as mind-blowing as a Josh Sargent stunner from 30 yards. Well, I, like, uh, I think um, if I'm if I'm correct, Josh Sargent has two goals outside the box in the Bundesliga and both uh, he did score at the Olympiastadion in Berlin. Oh, snap, there so, you go. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. So, but they're not playing at Berlin. Josh Sarden will start. for So any of you who maybe wants uh, to bring him on, uh, you definitely can. Kofeld already said that he, he he will be in the starting lineup. Um, but my player pick is is someone else, and that's um, Romano Schmid uh, of Bremen. He's, he's a midfielder in the game. He's playing out of position 5.1. Uh, didn't have the explosion yet, but he, he looks pretty sharp on field and... Uh, I mean, you did commentate the the match, and I, I think you can see that there's a lot of sleeping potential with him. And like a game against Schalke could be the game where it breaks out. I would totally agree with you. He was one of the players on commentary I picked out and said he hasn't got his name on the score sheet today, but he deserves a lot of praise for his performances. I mean, it sounds slightly disrespectful to Bremen, but... 
when Milot Rashica plays, he tends to move at a bit of a different pace to the rest of the team and it's noticeable. And Romano Schmidt is exactly on that level where he looks so lively. He's constantly looking to make things happen. And I do think you're right. Uh, there could be an explosion fantasy-wise in the coming days. So I love that pick, actually. I think it was the first time that both of them were on the pitch for a, uh, like a longer period of time. And I, I just loved it, having these two guys... Together on the pitch, Rashica and Schmid, I think it, it will help Bremen immensely. So, uh, 100%. Yeah. But uh, one stat I wanted to mention, James, because I, I think it's uh, uh, curious, or no, curious is, uh, is, is the wrong term. It's, it's, it's funny in a way, because um, Bremen has won their most Bundesliga games against Schalke, and Schalke has won their most Bundesliga games against Bremen. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> they haven't drawn a lot. Uh, Can two teams be their own bogey teams? Is that that's yeah, the way it works? <laughs> but I, I think that has to be unique in um, all stats in the Bundesliga. So that's there you go. You you probably we uh, should expect the winner here in this game. Yeah, that's it. Not a lot of draws in that. That's that is certainly a good sign. No, I think I think Bremen have a lot to offer this weekend. Actually, in terms of fantasy relief, the only problem is that they compete then with the likes of the Bayern, the Dortmund players, and the Frankfurt players who will move on to next because they are up against Hertha Berlin. Andre Silva has already scored more goals after 18 rounds of fixtures this season than across the entire 2019-20 campaign. You've mentioned earlier, Flo, that you fancy Frankfurt in this game against Hertha, despite the change of head coach in the capital but who's your player pick um, that's a tough one but I think it nearly has to be Philip Kostic we know like he was a fantasy force and he was very disappointing so far this season but we've seen him being really good lately I still think he's a, a differential pick so if you've got the money I think Kostic is, is a good way and of course Silva he'll start again we, we shouldn't have any doubts about that I mean he probably would have been in a lot more squads if Adi, Adi Hütter hasn't been like cryptical with saying that Silva might get rested. And then, yeah, that that was bad for us as fantasy players. But yeah, Silva and, and Kostic probably. And of course, the World Cup winner <laughs> is like he, he's so cheap that he's almost a gimme. He, he really is. But if he if he's going to be swapped out again, after like one hour this week, I'm, I'm, I have to sell Duom because I don't like having a player, especially um, with getting the second uh, one point more uh, for playing 70 minutes. It's also an added uh, benefit of playing longer. And if it's like, if, if Hütter is doing a timeshare on his right back position, um, then it's, it's time to move on, even from a World Cup winner. Yeah, I know, right? But I mean, he's had a really good run, so I'm happy I've been on the bandwagon while I have been. Uh, the only other thing I'd add to this, something that struck me with Philip Kostic, and I'll be honest, it did play a part in me deciding not to bring him in last weekend in the end. And it's because I looked at a lot of his crosses and whether he's going to get assists on those crosses, because a lot of time his crosses are hit and hope, they're drilled along the ground, and they can take any touch off the foot of an opposing player. And of course, the minute that happens, Kostic doesn't get the assist. And I just thought that that's something that did concern me a little. I'll put it out there in the in the world of Bundesliga fantasy. 
Take it as you will, but it's just something that crossed my mind. Of course, it didn't matter against Bielefeld, but you might find yourself on other occasions thinking, oh, Kostic, he should have got me this amount, many more points, but he didn't because he got stripped of an assist or two potentially because of his crosses. Just something that, as I say, crossed my mind. Um, Let's move on then. Union against Gladbach. Gladbach have scored at least once in every league game so far this season, which is great news for fantasy owners. However, they have kept just three clean sheets. And this is, again, I think a game flow that is by no means a foregone conclusion but who's your player pick i'm going with jonas hofmann um with his set piece duties uh, his involvement in everything going forward still think uh, i like him a bit more than last year also uh and player has a tough time going into my team with so many uh quality strikers having much better matchups on paper than player has so um that's why i uh, go with Hofmann and everyone's thinking about getting Benzebaini in. He's not like he's not doing as much on the pitch attacking wise than last year. And uh, he scored a goal against Dortmund but came out with ten points. And that shows you that like he didn't pick up enough points in other areas of the field. And because of his like um more than uh, uh middling price tag, I would stay away uh, from Benzabaini personally, because he like he almost has to score twice to make a difference, uh, and that's uh, like I haven't said that about Haaland. Haaland did score 15 points, that doesn't kill you for his price tag of almost 20 millions. So I, I felt all right even if I didn't have Haaland in my squad on Friday evening, because I thought ah oh, these 15 points Gonzalez and Kramaric can definitely outscore him. So. Uh, I think you, you're starting to worry when it's a two before, uh, like the first uh, number is a two, then, you, then you're starting to worry. <laughs> yes, that's very true. That's very true. 15 points I can stomach from Haaland if I don't have them. No, I would agree with that as well. Okay, then let's move on to the Saturday evening fixture, Leipzig against Leverkusen. And now a league-high 15 different players have actually scored goals for Leipzig so far this season. Angelino, Forsberg and Paulsen lead the way with four apiece, but two of those three are out injured. Yusuf Paulsen, Emil Forsberg not available this weekend. Four of the nine... Bundesliga meetings between these two sides, meanwhile, have ended in draws, including the last three in a row, which have all been 1-1. So these are two attacking teams, flow, but is this an investable match? And it's uh, like these are the two best defenses in the Bundesliga so far this season. And I'm, I'm not liking this matchup for Leverkusen. That's why I didn't, uh, got, I didn't get Wurz in my squad because I went with Baumgartner and Kramaric, two players I wanted to sell. And I, like that's the maximum of players I, I'm loading up with who I feel I want to get rid of in the next week. So that's why I didn't have any Leverkusen players in my squad. And I'll keep it this way. And I don't have a Leipzig player apart from Angelino in my squad. And I'll also keep it this way. So, yeah, if you want to invest in another player ex- except Angelino, I still think Dani Almo, uh, Almo is your best bet, especially with Forsberg now out. I feel pretty safe that he's going to be in the starting lineup. Yeah, that, that is outrageous after what you cost me last weekend, I tell you. Well, how many points did Almo he was, get? He was, he was my banker. No, I think it was only 80. He only got eight yeah. points, didn't he? It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. So, it could have so been, don't, it could have been a much bigger Don't cry me a river, James. <laughs> I'll cry you. You have to make your own decisions. And like it oh, was no, like sorry, I, I, I felt like one points. of the guys, one like Olmo or Nkunku would get rotated out. 
And I, like that was my feeling, and that feeling was correct. Okay, and that, so you know what? I, I think in hindsight you could say, oh, of course, he he swapped out in Kunku, hindsight. Unkunku scored. You, 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 like, Unkunku scored one I, point I, I, and Omo got two. So really, I actually thought in my head I thought Omo had eight from the weekend. So I was like, it makes yeah. sense, but he only got two <laughs> points. So, so, you, you should thank me for not getting Omo then. <laughs> well, I, I, I do thank you. But then you went with Unkunku. <laughs> like I haven't mentioning. I wasn't mentioning Unkunku as, as, as a pick what? last week. I, I cannot blame you for all of my failings last weekend. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. Sorry, I really had in my head that Olmo got more points than that. But yeah, it was just not a good game for Leipzig against Mainz in the end. Um, but okay, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm not really sold on this being an investable match. I'll be honest, with Nkunku in my squad, my plan right now is to transfer him out uh, because I do also have Florian Wirtz. I thought he was an important pickup at the start. But I, in hindsight, yes, I actually agree with Flo that he would have been someone that would have been worth avoiding and picking up further down the line when the fixtures were a bit better. But hey, that's just the way things go. The only other thing we need to mention when it comes to this match is that Nadi Mamiri is out as well. He's tested positive for the coronavirus, so it's one less midfield option for us to work with in this game. But I think, to be honest, we probably covered the points. If this isn't too much of an investable match, let's move on to the Sunday fixtures then, flow. Köln against Bielefeld. Now, Köln are on a club record run of 14 Bundesliga home games without a victory. Six draws, eight losses. Their last three points at the Rhein-Energie-Stadion came on the 29th of February against Schalke no less. So we are, what, a month away from the year mark for Köln. Is this the place to potentially look for a punt on Sunday? Yeah, you definitely could. And I think you can can look at both sides, actually. Uh, I think both both sides have viable options. We look at Bielefeld, I think Doan is viable. On Cologne's side, Duda is viable. So both are midfield options. Um, this would be the options I, w- I would go with in a midfield uh, wouldn't stray further from the past than these two. Um, if you're picking Doan, they're playing Bremen at home next week, so you definitely could leave him in my squad. Uh, Cologne is traveling to Gladbach, so I wouldn't necessarily like to have a Cologne player in my squad next week. That's definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, defender value is tough for me in, in this match. I think the only one you can think of, in my opinion, would be Yannis Horn, probably for 1.9 million. He's playing left back for Cologne. But his returns have been very slim. So you, you, you hope that like he, he gives a cross to a goal which isn't deflected. And then I'm not loving the options apart from Duda and Doan. I think these two are fine. And if you make it like if if we get a price tag for Dennis, the new Cologne striker, he'll probably. Ah, but I'm not. I'm not feeling safe enough to to say that he's he he will slot in straight into the starting lineup. Um, because if he if he would be cheap enough, ah, I can't see me doing it. And I I don't think how much cheaper than Gonzalez can he be? And I, I think he he would be such a like yeah, he was he would be worse so much worse than picking Gonzalez and. Like he he has to be like at two mil two million to even think about that and and that's not not even that no I'm I'm talking myself into picks right, I don't man. want to make and I don't want <laughs> you guys out there to do so uh, I think Duan or Duda and and that's that's basically it um I I I can't see me picking another player from from this match um not, not even Marius Wolf yep. Yeah, Marius Wolf did play as a striker. That's what makes 
uh, made him intriguing. But I think now he's probably playing on the right track in a with a three-man backline, which is like less appealing for me. And that's why Marius Wolf is off my radar now. That's that's the reason behind that. Yeah, that's it. I think that's a reasonable and a, and a valuable thing to say after the fact that we had talked up Wolf the other couple of days. But yes, if Dennis does come into the starting line, we'd imagine Wolf will be the one that is a bit displaced. Um, it could still work for this weekend, but that's why Wolf is a bit more of a gamble. I agree with you. I think this is a nice place to take a punt flow, but I actually, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you in the fact that the the options for a punt are very limited on both sides. Um, so let's move on to the other Sunday game, and maybe that will give us a few more options. Wolfsburg against Freiburg, closing out the match day. Uh, Val Vekos is someone we have mentioned already. He is joint fourth in the Bundesliga scoring charts with 12 goals, but he has an impressive record against Freiburg with three goals and two assists in five games. Freiburg, though, are unbeaten in five against the Wolves. So in this game flow, the age-old question, who would you trust to close out the match day? Yeah, that's a tough question. I have Vincenzo Grifo and I'm looking to ship him out um, probably for that match. But if I can't do it, um, like I'm not miserable. Uh, I still think he, he can perform. Apart from that, I mean, Paolo Ottavio came through with a big number uh, last week, but that was solely uh, on the back of, of winning challenges. I just like, I, I threw on my calculator, James, and I'm, um, I'm just not able to make the right uh, <laughs> math here to tell you how many challenges he, he, he did win. Wait a second. We um, wait with bated breath, ladies and gents. I was going to say it's incredibly entertaining. That's but entertaining. This is, this is the I'm number crunching that here. normally goes on before the show. He won 30 challenges. 30 challenges. Did he, I, I thought it was over. Yeah, well, he, thought, it's enough. He, uh, 30 challenges is enough for getting 12, to get 12 points for challenges won in the fantasy game. Uh, I don't think we'll see that anytime soon from him again, winning that many challenges. Still, he's a decent pick, I'd say. And uh, probably Wolfsburg defenders is the way I would look. Kevin Mbabu is 10.5 million, I think. Uh, I would prefer Otavio over Mbabu, um, but you can make arguments for going with Mbabu. It's just a, like a slimmer of doubt if maybe Mbabu gets benched because Baku will play as a right back again and not more in an attacking way, uh, which he did at Leverkusen. But I, I expect Mbabu to play, um, so he's at least a viable option. And in midfield... <sighs> If you put a gun to my head, I probably would go with Renato Steffen for 11.1 million if you really need a midfielder to make everything else work and to be flexible enough to have at least, like, my ru a, a rule of thumb is to have at least three players from the later games. So if Saturday uh, afternoon is finished, you want to have at least three players um still out there because that means you didn't have to make a decision to bench a player who hasn't started yet and that's something i i never do um so that's definitely something to keep in mind and if you need one more player because you have just two players out of the uh, later games i think renato stefan is viable and of course Wout Vejos is viable but um like this is 
I'm not getting any Vejos points uh, in my fantasy teams in the last two years, I think. And <laughs> I, I think it, it'll stay that way. No, I mean, I, I had a good run with Vout at the, in the first half of the season, or in 2020, I should say. But the competition for places up front is so fierce. And the fact is he's still scoring goals, Flo, but he's not getting big fantasy hauls. He's maybe having one shot or, or you know, two shots a game. And that wasn't what we were seeing from him um, a couple of months ago where he was involved in a lot of shots. He was getting a few assists as well. And the time will come again, I am sure. But the fact is, yeah, right now, I think there are more attractive prospects up there, out, you know, out there up front is the way I should say that, uh, than Valt Vekos. And the only thing I'd say to Paolo Otavio is he, he had me dreaming and reminiscing of the good times with Kayubi, you know, of when I don't even think Kayubi ever got more than 30 challenges won in a, in a single game. And I can only imagine the point haul that Paolo Otavio would have had in the fantasy game a couple of seasons ago. It would have been absolutely incredible. It probably would have been 40 plus. So yeah, that would have been something to really cherish but uh, that's a nice note to end the fixture list on uh, I think now it's time Flo for our player pick so uh, Vegas choice who are you going for this week I'm going with Andre Duda um, for 8.2 million I'm like I'm liking the Cologne side more than the Bielefeld side but maybe that's a mistake and it's just being a bit emotional because I root for Cologne to, to stay in the league but I think getting a real striker up front can benefit the game of Duda as well. And we haven't talked about Max Meyer yet, uh, who also did join Cologne uh, on a free transfer. And we may see a bit more sophisticated football by Cologne, or at least that's my inkling of what could happen in this game against Bielefeld. So... Um, yeah, Duda is probably my favorite pick, uh, uh, midfield pick out of the last three games. Definitely risky. He can, he can give you a goose egg. Definitely possible. He could. But, I mean, that's that's why he's a Vegas yeah. choice. And I mean, I disagree with you on that game, but we'll realize that later on in the player picks. Um, I'll go my Vegas choice to throw it out there. I'll be honest. Um, he was someone I was considering bringing in last weekend as a huge differential because I did fancy the matchup against Hertha. And that was until Florian Kohlfeldt basically came out and said, no, nah, he's not ready for a, a start yet, but maybe soon. And that soon may be this weekend. And the name I'm flirting around is that of Milot Rashica, 12 million uh, midfielder. I will understand the argument that will probably come from Flo now that Schmidt is the cheaper option and therefore the better one but Milot Rashica and, and Rashica I like I, I I expect him to start in 20% like his starting chance is 20% for really? me really I, I don't expect him to oh, start oh I had no. it at 50-50 I, I would go um, if you want the Bray midfielder a small differential I would go with Leonardo Bittencourt oh, okay for 10.3 million <laughs> any chance to get an extra Bremen name in the show eh <laughs> No, I mean, no, you, you, were, you were talking, Bremen. I, I would actually, like, I, pre I prefer Bittencourt over Rashica, not in a footballing sense, just because of playing time. And I think Bittencourt had a, like, probably one of his best games for Bremen uh, since he's there uh, at Berlin. So I, like, I don't expect him to get rotated out of the starting lineup. And for uh, 10.3 million, you definitely get a guy who can score big in a fantasy sense and uh, I mean he he wasn't meant to start in the game it was Kevin Möwald who sh should have started but he had a late time injury and couldn't go and that's why Bittencourt did slot in to the starting lineup so 
uh, that w which was lucky uh, in the end for Bremen. But I expect him to stay there. It was. No, I mean, I'd agree with you. I just, I can, I have a feeling Rashica might just slip into the starting lineup. And if he does that, I, I fancy him to have a good game. I hope he does, actually. But I, I don't like. He, he's playing with Sargent up front and then it's Schmid and Bittencourt and like we, we don't need more than three attacking players. That's, that's how Kofeld rolls at the moment. So, yeah. Okay, well, this is probably the perfect segue into the Super Schnepfchen. So who are you going for, Flo? Romano Schmid, uh, <laughs> 5.1 million. I, like, I, I hope I'm able to bring him in. If, like, if I have 20 millions left and have the option to go with Kostic or Romano Schmid, I, I don't think I can pull the trigger on Schmid as, as much as I really like him, but I think he's he's a good value and we haven't seen big returns from him, but I know that that can change the way um, he's playing. No, you're certainly, you're certainly not wrong about that. And I do think the Bremen differentials could be big this weekend. And I like the Romano Schmidt pick as well, I have to say. Uh, my Super Neptune is a little bit more simple. And I, it comes with the caveat of, yes, he has to be in the starting lineup on Friday. But he is in kicker's predicted lineup for the Stuttgart game against Mainz. And if I was looking for a, a big, cheap differential, a huge, huge budget buster this weekend, and I think if he is in the starting lineup, Mateo Klimovic of uh, Stuttgart is the way to go. 1.8 million midfielder. And he has proven that when he is in the starting lineup, that he can be involved in re attacking returns. And I do think no matter how that game plays out, there will be attacking returns in it for Stuttgart and their assets. Banker time flow. Who are you going for? I'm going with the Stuttgart player as well. And that's Nicolas Gonzalez. Uh, I think his, like his eight points are, are pretty deceiving from from last weekend, and uh, I, I back him to to have a great game here. Uh, you're certainly not alone uh, in that hope and that uh, belief. I think with Nicolas Gonzalez, and yes, to avoid picking him a second week running, that's the reason I didn't pick Gonzalez. I went for a slightly different angle because I was thinking about flexibility and where it was really needed, and we've talked about the importance of having players on Sunday, and this is where my Opinion differs slightly to Flo, because if I was picking a player from Köln against Bielefeld, it would be none other than Ritsu Duan. And I have to say right now, he is certainly in my provisional uh, team for this weekend. I fancy him to have a good game against Köln, who will concede shots on goal. Um, and so, yeah, Ritsu Duan is a is a tidy little prospect. There's a bit of a differential, definitely, um, outside of your big name players. But uh, sometimes it's worth throwing those types of names out there as well. OK, that brings us to an end of this week's Talking Football our fantasy episode don't forget to follow us at talking football on twitter give us a like on facebook and if you haven't yet join the talking football fantasy league for now from me your host james thorough good flow and the rest of the talking football crew auf wiederhören auf wiederhören <laughs>